0: I'm Kitty Kinnon for 961 BBB. I had a chance recently to talk to Vivian Howard. She was the host of A Chef's Life, the Peabody Emmy, and James Beard award-winning television series on PBS. She has a new show that's recently come out called Somewhere South. It airs Friday nights at 7 o'clock on PBS. Her restaurants include Chef and the Farmer and Boiler Room in Kinston, Benny's Big Time in Wilmington, and a couple in Charleston. There's so much going on with Vivian and her story is absolutely fascinating. Go to VivianHoward.com and you'll get it all. Vivian, how are you and how are the twins?
1: You know, I think they keep thinking that I'm going to be able to be at home like other people are right now, but I've had to be working the whole time. Um, So I'm fine with that, but that's the only thing that I think is confusing to them they're like we're supposed to stay home and I'm like well yes but I mean I'm not working with people but I am I have to do I have to work
0: I'm sure you do your new show Somewhere South has just come out did that affect the filming of it at all
1: um, no, everything's shot and delivered. We were kind of fortunate in that, you know, we had just put everything in the can when all this happened, and actually, that's the silver lining in it for our team because, you know, originally we were like discouraged by the Friday night airtime, but turns out every night's the same and everybody's at home.
0: So So I'm sure you didn't imagine that a chef's life would be as enormously successful as it was. We just loved it. When did you decide I need to change things up?
1: Um, Well, you know, we had made five seasons of a chef's life and it was very much an exploration into my personal and professional journey. And I just felt like we had Told that story. And, you know, I was part of being the center of it. And I also felt like we were telling a very narrow story about what it means to be Southern and what Southern food is. And so I wanted to do something that represented the broader South and take, you know, a more accurate picture of what. Southern food looks like today. So every episode is about a dish that every culture shares. So there's really only like 20 dishes in the whole world. Every culture has a dumpling. Every culture has a pot of greens. Every culture has a hand pie. And so we look at, you know, my culture, my community's version of that. And then we look outward to other communities in the South and their version of that dish. It's really all about exploring the ways that, you know, our food traditions shape the place where we settle and how that place shapes our food traditions.
0: So you've been filming food experiences with Southerners of all kinds of backgrounds, descendants of African slaves and Lumbee Native Americans, Korean, Puerto Rican, Tex-Mex. And you delve into tough subjects. How does the whole process of putting this together start for you in each segment?
1: Um, Well, we started with a particular dish, and then we were really mindful about representing a number of different communities in each episode and people who are not the usual suspects. There's stories are not often told in places that you don't often see on television. We let several things be our guide, but the amount of planning and thought that went into this series like, is just remarkable. I mean, our team sat around this conference table for hours and days and it was so just discussing about like what's the right story who should tell it where should we go so because a lot of the topics are somewhat sensitive because they relate to race and politics and ownership and appropriation and so we were just really mindful of all of that.
0: While you were on this journey, was there any one moment, although I'm certain there were many, that was a complete surprise to you?
1: Um, Well, you know, one of the things I was surprised by, like, over and over is, you know, how, like, although the ingredients and the dishes on our tables might be very different, we all kind of eat in the same way. And I'll give you an example. We were in Clarkson, Georgia, filming with a woman, a refugee from Burundi, and we were at her house to learn how to cook uh, cassava greens. And so she made this feast of cassava greens and fufu, which is like a tapioca starch porridge, essentially, and a braised beef and red palm oil. and, And none of those ingredients or anything i'd ever eaten but the way we were like kind of sopping up the cassava greens with the fufu and stretching a piece of braised meat across the plate was really very the way that i've always thought about southern food it reminded me of collard greens and cornbread and a ham hock. um so you know that happened over and over again
0: interestingly i talked to a freelance writer out of durham matthew lardy recently and He, too, was so impressed with the depth and the experience of this show. I imagine you have been watching Vivian Howard Somewhere South series. I
2: have been, yeah. She got the first two episodes out. Uh, Porridge, I think, came out recently. And then it's really fun to go on her Instagram and she reposts a lot from fans who have kind of cooked along with the show and see how people have interpreted the recipes and the ideas that she gives. But more than that, her show is really not about her. She draws so much attention to these makers, food artisans, farmers, home cooks all around the region. And I just love those stories.
0: With this show, also what I love is that it's much more than that dish. It's what surrounds the dish, the points of view, the life, the history.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think she's someone who could have very easily just maybe put out Vanity Project cookbooks and she chose instead to shine the spotlight on her neighbors and the people around us who are growing and cooking and serving our food. And and I think that's really important, and I really applaud her for that.
0: Now we're back with Vivian Howard and her experience with the COVID-19 pandemic and the effect it's had on her restaurants, Chef and the Farmer, and the Boiler Room in Kinston. Benny's big time in Wilmington, and she is also in Charleston.
1: Um, Well, I had to furlough everyone, and for two weeks we tried to do takeout and curbside, and it wasn't working. I didn't feel like we were acting responsibly necessarily, or we were, but, you know, the contact with the guest was hard to control. And so we decided to take a step back from that and just kind of reassess what it is we should do.
0: Yeah. And Vivian, you are in a small town, Kinston, and a lot of your employees have been with you for so long. You've trained them from the ground up.
1: You know, we had to do it Kind of early on, and so there were even fewer answers, you know, like standing in front of a group of people and telling them that they can't come to work and you don't know when they can is just devastating. <laughs> and, and to not have any answers, I, it, it, I don't, I, I, we will emerge, but it will look different
0: yeah and you think about it it's not just the restaurant staff but it's everybody else you also consider to be like family warren and the other farmers
1: yeah i mean all of our farmers their you know their cash flow was completely cut off because Mm -hmm. so many of the people i work with also you know they mainly sell to restaurants so we're all having to be really scrappy and resourceful with the way that we move through this. And I think some opportunities and options will emerge, I hope, I have, I'm very, I'm hopeful. This has already like reshaped the way that I engage with outdoors. You know, I'm really grateful to be able to go on a walk. We can look at it for the opportunities that present, you know, time with our families, time to reflect, time to figure out what it is that drives us moving forward. It's not all bad.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. There's just got to be something positive that comes out of all this. And we certainly have a lot of time to reflect on what that might be. And personally, I have to say, I have much more time to dig into the stories in your massive cookbook, Deep Run Roots. I keep it by my bed.
1: Yes, it does. It's some good uh, coronavirus reading. It's about 600 pages.